Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Welcome to the Dr. Hockey Podcast. Welcome to the Dr. Hockey Podcast. This is Dr. Jay Calvert, and I am on tonight with, of course, my amazing and very tall co-host, Dr. Jason Berkeley. Jason, how are you? You know, it's funny you say very tall. You can't tell height from a Zoom. I have patients, you know, we do telemedicine now because of the pandemic sometimes. And then when they come to see me in the office, I said, I couldn't tell you were this tall. I said, well, how could you possibly know? I'm sitting down. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm, I'm almost six, seven. So it, it, it's, it's hard, you know, it's hard to judge. Yes. When you're sitting down on a screen, but yes, that's thank you, Jay, for the compliment. And we have a very special guest who is also very tall, Jay Caulfield. Jay, how are you doing? Good, guys. How are you? We're really glad you could join us. My pleasure. Well, this is uh, Jason Berkeley, my uh, co-host, and I'm Jay Calvert. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet both of you. I I hope I'm not offending you with this. (laughs) I caught my eye right away, but no, not a problem at all. I I saw you look. I saw you look at (laughs) it. I did. Take a peek. I love that. I did notice some flames come out of your eyes, Jay. Yeah, it's <laughs> the tough team sometimes. Well, that's great. I, I'm glad to see that they're playing. Uh, they're having a, a good start to their year anyway. Yeah, you know, it's one of those situations where uh, a lot of success, but they, I think that at a certain point, they kind of started to mortgage the team a little bit to try to keep some semblance of success or at least right. a, of uh, the appearance of it. And what it actually ended up doing was it kind of gutted any type of uh, rebuild for a while. So it's yeah. been a long, long time since we've actually been any, anything uh, significant, but the Red Wings are, you know, coming back. I still know, as Jay will tell you, the single moment that if it's still brought up, I'm getting a little nauseous talking about it right now <laughs> <Yeah>. was <laughs> game seven of the 09 finals. I was on the blue line about 30 feet from that last no. possible shot that Lindstrom had that caught the stick, the tip uh, millimeters a flurry right. stick and, yeah. and, and I, I'm, and I, as I told Jay, the scene, if you ever watched the Brady bunch, yeah. when the ball comes bouncing over, it's the mom to say, don't play ball in the house right. over and over and over again. That's in my head over and over I again. That. I get that. <laughs> I truly get that. I do. And for Pittsburgh, that's a, that's a great few seconds for us here in Pittsburgh. <laughs> yes, it Just is. <laughs> I know. No, but I truly get that though. I can understand your feelings about it and, so close and the right player. And, yep. uh, you know, I think if I recall, isn't, wasn't it Hosa who on both sides, he flipped teams and yes. didn't get a chance to win and lost again. Then he finally gets his due in Chicago, but it was kind of wild what he went through. Yeah, no, he, he, uh, he it, it was almost reminding me of like going to Vegas and putting all your money on, on red <laughs> and then losing and then putting it all on black and then losing it's again. True. <laughs> it's right. It comes up green both times. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. So how are you guys doing? Everything else good? Yeah, that's great, man. We really appreciate you jumping in. Um, I, I spent seven years in Pittsburgh. I'm a huge Penguins fan, and uh, awesome. Uh, I, I just, uh, you know, I always love watching you do your stuff. And so we're we're two doctors that basically we we talk hockey each week. And uh, yeah. this was this podcast came out of uh, me writing the pitch for the Golden Knights for Joe Maloof and his brothers when they were trying to get the team. And I was buddies with them. And after that's they got awesome. the team, they kind of said. 
you know, you know too much about hockey to do nothing with it. So all I could come up with was uh, sitting down once a week and talking about my favorite stuff that's going on in hockey. And since we're doctors, we talk about it from a little bit of a different perspective. Right. That's a great story. I love to hear it. No, it's very good. And I'm very uh, happy to be a part of it and helping out here tonight. Well, thanks. And in fact, uh, just an interesting side, I came to Pittsburgh in 2018 to visit my old alma mater where I, you know, I learned my plastic surgery and I came over to the suite to, uh, to meet Mario because, uh, our, my good buddy, our good buddy, Pat Brisson kind of said, Hey, Mario's there. You should go say hi to him. Yeah. I was like, sure. (laughs) Of course. It's my arm. (laughs) So we went over between periods and you were in the suite, but I, I was like, uh, I was like, Oh man, I'd love to talk to Jay's. You know, I love listening to his analysis and his telestration. He's right. awesome. And he goes, don't talk to him now. He's watching the game. Oh, that's very true. He does do it. It's really, that is so funny. I'll have to let him know because honest to God, he does that. Uh, he's so, um, it's great for me to, you know, he, when they open a new building, he said, come on down and do your work from here. And it's, Jay, seriously, guys, he, he said, come on down. So every night I'm in that suite and then I usually bolt. I go down to do my stuff in between periods and come back up. So he's very caught. It's pretty funny how he is about that, but he's great with that. But it would have been a pleasure. He knows uh, he's so generous. He's so uh, wonderful yeah. with his time. And, uh, but that's kind of a funny story. I'm going to have to relay that to him. Jay. That's very funny. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's super cool. He was uh, you know, I, I wound up, you know, having uh, dinner with um, his daughters with Pat one time, like yeah. uh, Seth Jones was in town playing and he uh, you know, I, I, I just, uh, anyway, through all this podcast stuff and also from my practice, I take care of a lot of hockey players. I'm a plastic surgeon. So like I get the girlfriends, the moms, et cetera. And, uh, and so he, you know, Pat was like, Oh, come to dinner. And we met his daughters who go to USC. And then uh, when I was out there, it was like, Oh yeah, you know, send them over. And we had such a great time. And I'll tell you, you, you were definitely intense. You were up on the bar. I was sitting with Mario talking to him about, I think uh, trading Derek Brassard or something. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and uh, you know, it was the Jets. It was the Jets game they were playing, and and uh, you were over there, and you were like, you were making notes, and you were. I was like, that's how he knows. I go because look at the right. intensity. You know, that's very nice. By the way, you you should uh, mention to Pat that uh, he and I were both in the movie Sudden Death. Yes, that's right. I so, didn't see uh, it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. When you when you please say hi for me whenever you whenever you remember if you come when you come across him again, please say hi for me. I will. Yeah, he's supposed to come on again. He was pretty busy, but I think we're getting him back on in uh, the next couple of weeks or into the new year. But he's fantastic. He's so great fantastic. about coming on with us. I mean, we're we have uh, we have a pretty decent following of our podcast, surprisingly. And the the people that listen are guys that are our age, believe it or not. They they're awesome. all like uh, you know between thirty five and sixty. And uh, and Jeremy Roenick told us uh, you know when he, they had their charity event that. They spend money. He's like, right. guys all signed up. And, you know, they, <laughs> said, I did your, he goes, I did spit and chicklets. We got two people that sent in donations. We did yours. We got 1,200 people signed up and sent in donations. So. Isn't that all? That is fantastic. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good crew. So we like doing it. Well, we are, we are so excited to have you on. Jay yep, yep. is not only a former Pittsburgh Penguin player, which we'll talk about because he has a very special place in history with the Pittsburgh Penguins on uh, several levels. But he is the the Jays telestration star in between periods of the Pittsburgh yep. Penguins games. There is nothing better than watching him telestrate how the P- Pittsburgh Penguins are dominating the other team. It's my favorite part. 
That's very <laughs> nice of you to say. Thank you very much, guys. But Jay, it's very nice of you to say that. Yeah, the, the, the telestration stuff is great. I mean, it's really cool. And I don't for those of you who haven't seen it, you gotta you gotta get to the uh Pittsburgh Penguins broadcast yeah. to see him do his stuff. But what he does is and and Jay, I don't know where you learn to do this, but you know, not only are you great analysts for the hockey, but you show in in a very clear way of what's going on in the mindset of the players when these plays pull off. And and, and I, I don't know if you have six consultants helping you or you're just a super genius, but it's really effective. And it's well, that, a great part of the game. Well, thank you very much. You know, it's kind of funny, Jay. Uh, guys, I I think when I watch a play or maybe it goes back to how my career got started, but I played really as a football, I was born to be, I was more a football player in my world and get mm. into hockey. And I think just analyzing or looking at things, uh, the play, when we see a goal happen or when I see a goal happen, all I do guys is I look at it, I see the goal and I'll, I'll probably go back. I'll tell the guys to cut me film 15 seconds back because probably what happened in that 15 seconds prior to the goal being scored is the reason why maybe there was a great opportunity for any team. So mm. I kind of look at it that way, then try and break it. I try and just break it down like when I played and trying to learn. I, I learned the game late. So I just try and break it. And what was it like when I had all so many great coaches that work with me? And I just try and uh, speak. I don't know. I just try and talk like I'm talking to you guys right now. And I don't treat it any different. I try and expose or look at something. And I try and also not be, look, as a player, I try not to be, you know, you, you have to be critical, but not, I, I don't like to, I like to show it if it's, it calls, if I call something out, guys, I like to do it in a way that, hey, all right, understand that something went wrong, but be good about it. Because I think the players, they're all bust their tail each and every night. And sometimes mistakes happen. And I try and be, generous with that if I if, if I will that's how I approach it and uh, I try and look at both sides too it's not only the Penguins but sometimes there might be a mistake on the opposite side that made it happen yeah I mean I gotta say the uh, the especially today a yeah. lot of these goals are are happening in lightning fast fashion and yeah. so the the opportunity that that comes up the, the reactions of the players you know where the breakdown was on the other side and and I will say too, you do telestrate the the goals, the great goals of the other other team, especially in a period where the Penguins don't score. You you're very good about saying, here's where the breakdown was. You know, here's where you know Latang got you know faked out of his jock strap, and all of a sudden, you know, there's nobody right. between you know uh, between Jari and and the puck. You know, you're very good at analyzing that, but it's also it helps you as a, as somebody who watches the game, you know, with a critical eye to really yeah. see, you know, the player side of it, because, you know, you yourself were a, were a winger and, and you, you definitely, uh, you know, had your, had your fair share of time in the NHL, but then also yeah. the, you know, we also have to talk about the fact that you're still very connected to the NHL, not only through your job, but through your son. By the way, though, just so you know, not my, <laughs> how about this? That's not my son. I hear it all the time. I have two girls, guys. I have two girls that play basketball, oh, no. but I get that question asked all the time. Oh, I thought constantly. you had a son that was playing. No, I don't. So, and it's so hard because my girls That's are so very, funny. they were basketball players and uh, all through college. One went to Carnegie Mellon. Another one went to Allegheny College up here in Pittsburgh, north of Pittsburgh. So I have two girls, but that's no problem. I get it all the time. Oh, that's so funny. He's a great goal. Hey, he's an outstanding, outstanding young player from, uh, you know, played in Wisconsin and, and uh, obviously doing an outstanding job. I know a little tough start to his year this year, but uh, a great young player and going to be around for a long time. 
Maybe yeah. at some point, just take credit for it. Say, so, yeah, you know, yeah. it's my, it's my kid. <laughs> that's right. I could. I def. I should do that sometimes. Like, yeah, that's my son, and tell him everything he knows. That's right. Oh, that's so hey, funny. Let me, let me ask you a question. When when you're looking at a goal, so you yeah. you, just, you said something very interesting. Because when I record Red Wing games and I go back to watch them, I'll sometimes not have full time. I go back and watch each goal, but I'll, like you, I'll re- you rewind it about 15, 30 seconds of, of beforehand. Yep. Are you looking for something in particular? Is there a specific pass or like where the the, the, the defenseman you know is or whatever? What, yep. what what do you look for necessarily, or is there something in particular that stands out to you sometimes? Well, I'll look look if you look at what makes a great hockey team is support. I mean, look at look at teams, and the Penguins are one that's great underneath speed in the defensive zone. So when a play goes to the wall, uh, you'll watch the underneath speed. Say Crosby coming up underneath the winger, and if they're not there, they hit the weak side D. You know, Jason coming up. So there's a lot of things that I'll look at, and how today the weak side D jumping up into play is such a big big part of the game and mm-hmm. it's that second wave of offense. So I'll go back and look for that kind of thing or, Hey, maybe the, the Detroit Red Wings, maybe they pinched down the wall, but a guy wasn't high. That's right. there's reasons why there's going to be odd man breaks. And it's always one little simple mm-hmm. mistake or a split second of bad luck. The puck hopped by a guy, whatever it might be. That's what I do. When I go back, I'll, I'll look through the neutral zone. I'll look in the defensive zone. And, Jay, to your point and what you thought, I, don't, I really don't – my staff, the guys back, the producers and all the guys that work at the studio, I literally just give them a time, and then they give me that clip. So it's really kind of – I That's see something, you. and I call it. I don't really have any other help other than those guys are outstanding finding me the clip. And, and I also believe an over a, a high view helps. But to your point, Jason, for that, I literally will look – at what do you look in a good breakout, a good first pass? Is there a reverse involved? Is mm-hmm. the weak side D joining the play? Is there a pinch by the opposition without a third guy high? I mean, the high forward there for him. There usually is where your breakdown is going to be. And then that's how I kind of I look for those kind of things. Then you might just say, hey, sometimes you can't help like a Connor McDavid who beats four guys. That is right. what it is. But for the most part, you don't, we don't see many goals like that. It's always something, and there is going to be a breakdown somewhere where that gives that opportunity. So when you go back, look at look at a good breakout, look at the weak side D jumping up to play, and look to see if there's a mistake by the defensive side of it, the opposition, what did they maybe do wrong? You know, it's interesting you say when you say you're, you're high up watching it. I've been to so many games, and when I have yep. been to these games, I usually sit around the blue or the red. Right. But one of my favorite places to sit is behind the goal about yep. 15, 20 rows up, you see the play developing so much clearer. Yep. Do they give you different angles of the play? When we're you at watch? the mercy of the rink that we're at, that the Penguins are playing in. But in Pittsburgh, they can always give me the high look, the look that you're almost talking about from the one end zone. It'll have yeah. the camera pie. And I do, I love to look at that too, because you will literally see, you'll see a bad change. You'll mm-hmm. see guys coming late, don't, and you're not picking up the next guy. I always look at that. It's a great view and a great angle. Totally agree with you. I think up a little bit higher is good, but there's certainly nothing like, like your view of the finals when Detroit lost to the Penguins. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, being down on I'm the I'm going to go throw up. Give me one step right back. <laughs> yeah, no. So, but I, I do know that um, – for anybody that ever gets to a game, they can get anywhere near the ice to get a feel for what the game is about. And the players that are involved, it's amazing. But when you get the look that you just talked about, I yeah. find that to be an outstanding look throughout the game. Great way to see it. You know, the uh, it's interesting. Like this year, the Penguins are, are 
they had a rough start for a lot of different reasons. They had injuries, yep. they had players out, and they still managed to to pull out some pretty uh, some pretty big wins. And I I seem to recall like uh, them, you know, sh- shooting the uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs down pretty early on, yep. and uh, and sending uh, Mark Andre Fleury to the locker room in twelve minutes. Um, so even though they've been a little bit under the weather and sort of short of some players, you know, Malkin, yeah. I think is, is he on his way back? He's I still, he's on his way back. He's still not in a contact Jersey. So he's still a couple of weeks. I would think a couple of weeks away, they've been able to buy enough time and, and that's good for him. Yeah. But they, they've still managed to, to win these games. And, and it was interesting. The, the time I started to realize uh, what was working for them this year is the night that they lost to uh, the Montreal Canadiens. And to your point about the defense, yeah. the Penguins are are a very active, uh, offensive, defensive team. They they right. play defense by being in the ozone. Right. And uh, I, I they interviewed one of the I think they interviewed either the GM or the assistant GM of the Canadians. He said, "Well, the only way that we can beat the Penguins tonight, and and, and it's a major issue, is we just have to stop their defense from activating." Because the whole yeah. trick to this Pittsburgh Penguins team is that their defense is it is up in the ozone, causing problems the entire time. And if we can cause them to be back, then we have a chance to beat this team. And they did win the game. And yeah. so and it, it was very interesting. What was your take on that game? Well, I kind of do look at it. I, I agree with that. First of all, they have dynamic forwards in the top six, and their bottom six guys have been – their numbers have been unbelievable throughout the start of the year. It was guys like that that they picked up uh, – McGinn and Heinen from uh, in, in acquisitions over the summer, and that Evan Rodriguez has had a really great start to this season, and he's bounced up and down the lineup. I mean, he can play on the top line. He can be third-line center, whatever it is. They're the guys that help really solidify the start to the season to keep them above water until Crosby came back, and then they lost Gensel. They lost Rust, and we know about Malkin, but they really have kind of stayed above uh, to give themselves a good little space in there in fourth place in the division, but it's a tough, tough division. Now to go back to your point, I do believe the Penguins, they all have the green light to jump guys. They all can go. And I believe most teams, hey, they might shut somebody down, but for the most part, you have to be an active, uh, great skater, a guy that can jump up and, and know when to do it as well. And there's guys like Latang and Matheson for me are guys that, they can, they can jump up. They all jump up, but they know how to create offense guys from the red line in, right? There's like, yeah. if I took myself and I was playing D, okay, great. I can be the weak side D that jumps up in the play. Then I'm looking to move it. Well, Latang and Matheson can take it that next, that next wave, the next level. And I do believe even the best defensive teams in the league, some reason they, sometimes it's hard to sort it out. That's what they're talking about in Montreal. When they jump up, they stay aggressive. The D and the Fords do a great job and be responsible, cover up for them so they eliminate the odd man break. But occasionally you'll get burned if that, that can happen. But active D are a big part of the game. But again, I, I do believe uh, that's a good way to say you need to take care of it because if you get Latang and Matheson and you've got young Marino, who's a big right handed defenseman, young player that's been outstanding for the Penguins, too. Uh, honestly, there's like Pedersen, they're all, they're all have their piece that they do. But that's when you have offensive defensemen to jump into play, it does make it difficult. And again, the Fords, the dynamic Fords up top with, with Crosby, and when Malkin comes back, as you as you both know, superstar players, you really and ones that make everybody better around them, 
that's a big part. That's what makes success as long as they can all blend together. Yeah. I mean, you see it too. I mean, Crosby, you know, he, he turns, you know, guys that are, are good players into well above average players just by all the things that he does on the ice. I mean, I think he's still easily one of the top players in the league and, and just, uh, he he generates so much just with the way that he, he goes to where the puck isn't. I mean, that, that's his, his secret. I, I just see him. He's he make like I remember Connor Sherry playing with him, and then Getzel is with him, and right. these guys are are good players. But all of a sudden, they're you know, they're they're superstars when they get on the line with Crosby. No, and it's when he came back to to your point, Jay. When he came back into the lineup after look, he had off season surgery, comes back for one game, has COVID. He's had a tough start as far as physically, you know, getting back into flow what a normal camp would be for him. Uh, but now he's starting to find that. I believe he had like. 11 points in the last five or six games. And I think when you have that, I, I bet he's, look, I'm not in the locker room. I've worked with him, uh, you know, before, you know, before training, just doing skates before camp, uh, which stuff I've always done. But when you see that he's demanding of himself, but if you're going to be a winger on his line, you have to play the game that he likes too. I mean, you got to evolve a little bit into what he, you need support, you support, they play a tight little close little passing game and, then you got to help create openings and get pucks and, and then you move from there. There's no, there's no stationary. They're not standing still. They're always moving. And that makes it very difficult to defend to in the offensive zone. And he wins there- almost every battle, by the way, boys, he wins strong legs, one-on-one yeah. battles. I, I don't see him lose many battles. <laughs> is there one goal in particular that you've seen that Crosby is either scored or been involved in that stands out to your, in your mind that you say, how either how did he do that, or that's one of the greatest goals I've ever seen? You know what, Jason? I swear to God, there's probably he does probably 10 plays a night that <laughs> it's taken for granted. Like, yeah. look, you saw so many great players come through Detroit, right? There's so yeah. many skilled and talented players, and you almost you just come to expect it. When yep. you all of a sudden you you get a, a team that doesn't have the same amount of skill, and you look at the 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 way they handle the puck and pucking their skates. Well, just the other night, Crosby, like in full flight down the right side, takes a pass in his skates and it's on his stick all in just so smooth in one little smooth motion. And he gets by the D and turns it and protects the puck and has a great opportunity. It's little Mm -hmm. plays like that. But I think the work, I think for me, the, the work that he does fending off a defenseman and better body position and then just taking advantage of that opportunity after that, because it's the work that he does, in my opinion. I'm going to go back with him. I'm going to say five, ten seconds before the goal is scored, he's done something kind of amazing leading up to that point. So it's hard right. to pinpoint one, Jason, but his hand-eye coordination, his deflections, the things that he's worked on. I think there was an overtime goal he did against Edmonton a couple of years ago. Where he comes out of the corner and, you know, he pivots and, you know, he just does stuff that <laughs> – we might do we're on the ice by ourselves and try and do a little thing, but he does it in the tightest situations and right. his body control and body positioning and strength. It, it, he does it with ease. And it's, uh, again, just a flick of the wrist. He's that, he's that good. Like if you watch a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers throw a ball, like if right. you're Aaron Rodgers flicks a ball and it's 30, 40 yards down the field, there's something unique about that. That's a gift. And then the work ethic that goes with it in the drive is what makes the great players the best. So, so that's how I feel about when I watch them. It's every night, every play. And when I did, when, when I did skate guys in the summertime before camp, the one thing that they all do is they train at a very high tempo. All right. So 
different than 20 years, 30 years ago when we used to, we used to skate before camp. Yeah, we do escape, but it's a different world today. He does everything at a high, high speed and it's uh, and he makes it look effortless. Wow. Well, speaking of which, I mean, you did play with Mario Lemieux and yeah. uh, you were, uh, you definitely were responsible for a very special moment in the uh, Mario Lemieux legacy, the five goals, five ways. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you know this, Jason, but uh, yeah. Kevin Connolly asked us about this. You know, if the five goals, five ways, what are the ways? And of course, you know, we went through all that. But Jay Caulfield was the guy that passed Mario the puck so that he could get the empty netter at the buzzer. Right. To make the five goals, five ways actually happen. Thank God, if I didn't pass the puck, I'd be ice fishing in Nova Scotia. I think. <laughs> hey, boys! No, I swear to God. Um, first of all, Gino Briaco. I mean, he had me out there a couple times in the end of a game in my first year here, and what Mario did that night. I mean, I don't think anybody. I, I'm going to be honest, guys. I didn't know. I didn't sit there and know. Hey, this is his fifth goal, five different ways. I don't believe anybody on our bench. I don't think anybody knew that. It was just right. he scored a goal another way. But I do know that. The puck came around the wall, and if it was, I saw him. I just saw him streaking, and it's the only person. You know, that's where I moved the puck. Like, like um, I would headman it to one of you two. If you're ahead, you're ahead of me. You're ahead of me. It's an empty net. I give it to him. But what ended up being for him, and what he did that night on a, I believe it was New Year's Eve. If I'm correct, right? I think it's a New Year's Eve game, so. 1988. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, for him to score that, I, I can't imagine anybody else accomplishing that. But he was, I can't. You can't even say enough about him, guys. I mean. Um, <laughs> Like you said, you met him, Jay. You met him in the suite yeah, in Pittsburgh absolutely. when you were there in, in town. And uh, a wonderful, obviously, now an owner and and what he's done in the game. But watching him every day, too, and then skating with him and working with him, uh, again, that effortless, his stride, nobody could catch him. And the difference, like, guy, he had to deal with guys on his back on breakaways. And the game, obviously, we all know, is called differently today than it was before. Mm-hmm. He was amazing, amazing player. And uh, he's that way in everything, too, by the way. He golfs the same way. His swing is like – his swing is PJ Tour-like. So, not a surprise. <laughs> we're out there – like, Rick Tock and I and Mary, we all – we golf together a lot over our years. And we're hacking and, you know, we're grinding out there. And, <laughs> and Mario, Pierre LaRouche, guys like that are very smooth and just great players. And But his demeanor is what – one of the other things, guys, I think that – Again, I go back to what I said about the great, great players, and, and you've all seen them. They have a different mind. Mm-hmm. They have a different – they've been gifted with something, but they have a different mind and a word and a drive to be the best. And that's why um, you guys – you've been lucky enough to see him, Jason, in Detroit. Oh, yeah. And to see what's come through here in uh, Pittsburgh. The players that have come through here are – it's amazing. But Mario, obviously the best. Yeah, Mario's uh, he's an incredible guy, and and I was fortunate to to meet him and get to spend some time with him. And he's a uh, he's also you know he's also a, a father, and he has right. his uh, his his daughters, his son, and you know he, he when I went to go to the suite that night, which you were there, obviously in your in, intense moment watching the games, and uh, my Jay, my Jay, Jay was, real quick, he wasn't intense. He kept saying to himself, "Is Calvert gone yet? Did he leave?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna pretend like I'm working. It's like it was actually in between periods when you were there. He's like, "Is Calvert gone?" Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was it. <laughs> but just to uh, to talk about what a great guy Mario was, he my daughter like FaceTimed her friends because they're huge Penguins fans. My daughter right. was probably 11 at the time, or maybe 12, and uh, 
you know, she was FaceTiming her friends and she's like, I'm in the owner's suite. And, and Mario kind of caught that she was on the phone with her buddies. Right. And so he like went over and like kind of looked into, <laughs> into the camera and was like, yep. Hey, can I get you any dessert? It was awesome. It yeah, was that, so that, funny. that would be him. That's right. That it would was be so him. funny. You know, I was like, well, he's a dad, he knows. And uh, yeah, you know, just totally like railed the, the kids and they went crazy. You know, it was really fun. Very good. So but, Jay, you won a couple of cups. Oh yes. yeah. Yeah. Won a, won a couple of cups. cups. Yeah. Two, I was, um, well, you know, we went through my first year was 88, 89. And, and then there was transition. Craig Patrick came in and Craig, ironically, Craig was the first GM that signed me out of, well, my, my background's way different than anybody else's, I believe probably. And, uh, from North Dakota and, and uh, I signed in New York with Craig, and then he ends up coming to Pittsburgh in the 89 season, 89-90, took it over as coach and GM, and then we ended up missing the playoffs at the very end of the season, and he brought in Bob Johnson. And to, I think when you go through that, you all know there's a transition, and you get to prove yourself all over to a new coach and sure. a GM, and, and lucky enough, if you're a person who was lucky enough or you did the right things through camp and you were kept on. That's what it was about. And the team won Stanley Cup that year. Then we won the next year after we, as everybody knows, Bob Johnson, the sad, sad story that he wins a cup in his first time and part of it and, and passes away, you know, early the next season, a hockey season. So a very sad story here in Pittsburgh, but what he brought to the table, what he brought to the city of Pittsburgh in the game of hockey for us, uh, it's why we want Craig Patrick and Bob Johnson are the head of why we won a cup here and, and to be a part of it was great. And just, you, you know what, Jason, I, I always understand. I know what my role is. I know what it is. And whenever you're called upon, you just make sure you you do what's expected of you. And sure. to be a part of a, a great group of guys that close with a lot of them still today. And, um, again, golf buddies that I've told you about. I mean, from one year to the next. And some players move on, but they're all great, great guys. And But it was the head, Craig Patrick and Bob Johnson. And then here we are, uh, lucky enough to win a couple Stanley Cups with um, just a, a great thing in the part of the city for, for the city of Pittsburgh. And without comparing eras, because I always don't, I don't like it when people say, well, could the 85 Oilers yeah. beat, you know, but do you see any similarities between the 91, 92 cup teams that you were on and the more recent uh, Penguins cup teams, as far as like the, the team bonding, you know, because obviously there was Mario and Yager, Yep. And then this is Malkin and Crosby. But, like, other than that, like, do you see the com- any comparisons as far as the way the teams were? Or is it just just too different in that sense? I think it's, I think it's too different. But, there, the, but you just touched on one thing, Jason, that's really big about it. It's the superstar player. I mean, like you said, Mario Yager, Ronnie Francis, Brian yeah. Trache won so many. And then you take Malkin, Crosby, Latang, Flurry. You take – you can go there. So the comparison of superstars on the team – with a blend of everybody else that obviously in those years understood their roles and what they needed to do. So mm-hmm. it is very hard to compare teams, but I think that would be the one thing I would look at and, and uh, say you had that, but you had to build around it and get the right pieces. So it all worked. Cause bringing in Chris Kunitz, like late, you know, to Pittsburgh, that was a huge part of the success of the Penguins, that kind of thing, the development, all the, the having four lines with, you know, Haglund, Benino, they're the plans. They're the ones that made it happen for, uh, these later cups for the Penguins, but the early ones were a player like Brian Trache, a player like Joe Mullen. Um, just how many Hall of Famers were on the teams right. that I was on? 
Yeah. I, it's going to be interesting to compare those numbers. One day we might look at that, right? Jason, you could look at that yeah. and go, look, look how many Hall of Famers are on the 91, 92 teams versus now. And yeah. uh, they're laden with it. So it's, it's, uh, but all down to earth guys, by the way, guys, I can't even stress that enough. Like you and Brian Trusty is the most unassuming. I can't even tell you how many cups. I don't know how many cups he's part of <laughs> I don't know, six, seven, eight, nine. It seems like it's hard to believe, but <laughs> the most right? unassuming superstar in the game of hockey. He just, he's, he's nothing but class and just such a wow. great guy. So, but it goes on and on like that. All the superstar players, you take Rick Tockett, Mark Recchi, Kevin Stevens, all we were neighbors, by the way, I lived between Mark Recchi and Kevin Stevens, our first couple <laughs> of years here. And that's a story in itself. So, Oh yeah. But, and then Rick Tockett came in with Mark Reck, when Rex went to Philly, which is amazing. You, you lose. And John Cullen was a trade that brought in Ronnie Francis. There were so many great guys that had to be moved to make a team. And then the second year, and uh, nobody wanted to leave Pittsburgh. And whoever came there was thrilled they got there because they knew they had a chance to win a cup. And by the way, I think our best team uh, would have been the 92-93 season. That's when we ended up losing to the Islanders. But that was probably the best of the three teams, if you looked at it. And uh, But stuff happens, and you, you move on. But all great teams and all great players, but all led by... Craig Patrick and, of course, Bob Johnson on year one. And then Scotty Bowman took over for him and tried to leave it be because he understood the players that were in that locker room too, by the way. Scotty knew what he had and just like he knew what he had when he went to Detroit. Yeah. So you talk about a guy with a lot of rings. I don't think he has enough fingers. I don't think he does either. <laughs> I don't think so either. No. Well, it's a, it is a great hockey legacy there in Pittsburgh. I, you know, I always love coming back to go to the games and, and uh, it, it's I watch it every, anytime I can. I, you know, I know the Crosby era and the Malkin era can't go on forever. Right. So from your standpoint, what's the next move? What, what's Pittsburgh going to do? How are they going to, going to get through that? Because it, you know, maybe it's three more years, maybe it's two more, you know, you never know, obviously if there are injuries, maybe four, but what's, what's the next thing? I mean, is it look for a generational player to, to be the next Crosby or is it try to bring, is Connor McDavid going to get sick of losing in Edmonton? I think, I think the, the last part you just mentioned, I think that's a very big point, Jay, because how much before he takes off for what he does each and every night, if they don't win again at one point, you know, because they're all measured by their championships. He's done everything already. Look at his numbers, comparatively yep. speaking. Incredible. Unbelievable. There's not a player that I've seen ever in the game that I, since I've been a part of it, um, that backs, I mean, the speed. I mean, I, everybody, there's guys that are fast, but he's a different the D have to react completely different to him. I've never seen it before and what he does at a high speed. But so your point is well taken because if they don't win, if they don't win, I, I, eventually he's going to move up, right? Something will happen there. Uh, but if you look at it, the Penguins, though, to your first question, Jay, I, I mean, look, I think Ron Hextall is probably a very good guy to take over this team. He's he's patient. Yeah. Uh, he he, he kind of minds to himself. I mean, very – you don't see too much. He's not – He's not in. T- he's not in interviews all the time. He's not uh, on TV. Jim Rutherford was a different. He was out more. But Bron Hexel's very. Uh, I don't want to say to himself because he's around the team. It's but you don't see as much of him as we did other GMs. I think he's very. Like I said, he's patient and he's going to be the right guy to start to take this team and transition them from what they have now to what's going to move ahead. And again, the one thing everybody fears is that, that you don't leave the cupboard bare, right? So. Uh, you got to make sure you have enough build up in your farm system and uh, that you're able to complement that because 
people expect a high product, a high productive product on the ice. And they're not going to yeah. know what it's like to not have that here after so many years. So he's got a tough job ahead of him, but I think he's the right guy, Jay, to do it. And I do think that you're going to see, you know, what is it, whether all three can Malcolm Latang and Crosby stay together. I don't know if that's, you know, two of the three will. And um, it's how, how does Malcolm come back from his injury again? I think that's all going to be evaluated through this year and tough decisions will be made. But that's why I said, I think Ronnie, I think, I think Ron Hextall is really a guy that's um, he's probably the right guy for the job because I think he'll be able to, he can, he can sit back, take his time and make his decision. And it's going to be a tough one to do. But if any time guys, in my opinion, Tom Brady left the NFL in new England, that was the quietest superstar leaving a city that I've ever seen. He's moved on. Goes to Tampa yeah. and wins the Super Bowl there. We all know that story. But if ever there was a time to rid yourself or move somebody on, they just did it in New England in the NFL world. And it may, and you realize how everybody realizes sometimes things have to happen. And uh, I think that's what's going to take place just in this hockey world. And we hope it's not here for a couple of years. But, you know, Jay, any, at any time, that could rear its ugly head that they need to make a move. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, I was gutted when Fedorov left. I, and I get it's it. still a sore yeah. point with all of us. And even when Shanahan, when Shanahan left, I threw his jersey down the down the dumpster. I was so pissed. So, you know, these guys, be, you know, I, yes, it's a business. I did. Yeah. I, I, I believe it. You know, it was, it was the Toronto Maple Leaf fan in me that did the, the, the jersey throwing. But, right, right. but the, uh, the fact is that some of these players become almost iconic with their team. And we had um, Jimmy DeVolano was on with us a, a, about a year, a year and a half ago. Yeah. And, yeah, there was talk about trading Iserman to Ottawa, yeah. I think it was. Yeah. And I think the city would have revolted. I mean, so yeah. there, there are some players that I think the fan base considers untouchable. And if you do that, I, I you know, Tom Brady was different, I think, because, yes, he's iconic in the in New England lore, but yeah. I think he wanted to leave. Yeah. I think if it's, if it's against their will, and you're talking about a whole different story. I don't know. That's that's true. You know. No, that, that part's true. That part's true. I think I was making a point more that, if he can move on and they let him no, go. I, and I get it. I totally yeah. get what you're saying, but I, yeah. I, I don't think the fans would take too kindly if, uh, you know. No. You know, Sidney Crosby traded to uh, Philadelphia. New York Rangers. And by the way, I don't think <laughs> right. he's going to be the one. So, Jay, my opinion is I don't think it's going to be him. So, it won't be. Yeah. I don't think when that happens, I don't think it's going to be. But, I listen, I totally. But if that did happen, yeah. I totally agree with you. That would be <laughs> That would be tough to say. But I don't think he's going to be. I think he's going to oh, – look, it's – we never know. But I, I think he'll be here all the way through the end and of yeah. his career. And and uh, But it's going to be interesting how the other – how it falls out. with it. And it's, it's going to be business decisions that come up. How and much is somebody was well taken, willing though. to take or not take? Yeah. So I think that's going to be something we'll look at and, and we'll think back to this conversation here. I wonder how it will yep. play out. Yeah, but your point was well taken, though. I, I get what you're saying. And, yeah, it, it, but and you're right. Some, at some point, something's got to get – somebody's got to give. There's no question. Yep. Right. But I, I think you're right. I don't think it's going to be him that's going to be, you know, uh, I, I think it's safe that he's going to be uh, retiring a, a penguin. <laughs> I, think, well, I think so, too. <laughs> well, I think Rutherford, I think part of the reason that he left was uh, he, he couldn't move one of those. I think he wanted to move Latang or there was some some talk. Was Malkin that, was a trade about Malkin. I think it might have been Malkin. Yeah, I don't know exactly. You probably know, Jay, what it was all about. But that seemed like a like. Part of the reason Rutherford said, okay, if we're not doing this, then I, I can't do my job properly. Yeah, and that's a real – I mean, because right now, Chris Latang, if, if that was 
I mean, Chris Latang's playing great hockey right now too. So sure is. Uh, I, you, know, you know, guys, I, I look across the you look across the league and and you look at some of the deals that are being signed. I mean, you look at like the Hughes deal in New Jersey, right? So oh my God. I'm not sure. I mean, whatever happened to the bridge deal to see, you know, I don't, I don't really know, but I, I get it. I mean, I get that if you think that's, but those numbers are, I, I guess if I'm old school, if I'm saying, well, what happened today to prove yourself to get these numbers? If you talk to right. Mark Recchi, Kevin Stevens, Rick Tockett, go down the line, Mario, Steve Iserman, go, go to everybody. They earned, they earned, they did so much to get to finally get the big deals. And I'm not, by the way, I'm not, I'm not comparing it is what it is back in the day. I'm not trying to say the money. I'm not sure. anything about whatever guys make. That's fantastic. I'm not, I'm not boohooing about the money. I'm saying if it's all relative, right? So whatever the league would have paid back in the day when we were playing, like say Steve Eiserman, well, he had to earn one contract to the next to get the big one. Right, all of a right. sudden they're, they're handing, if you're an owner of a team or a GM, you probably, it seems like you maybe have no choice that you need to sign these type of players for these numbers or Darnell nurse in, in Edmonton. They, it's a big number for that's big numbers that they're throwing around. And now you give a number there, are you going to be able to build your team the way you want? I don't know. I mean, but let's talk. I mean, you got to think about that and, and how that plays out going forward. It's going to be about money and what guys can do, but some of the deals today. Yeah. They're crazy. It's kind of wild. It's, but they don't. Yeah, and, 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 and to, to, to build on what you're saying right now too. Uh, the, the thing nowadays is people, the players want, you know, multi-year contracts with no trade clauses, one-way right. contracts. I mean, it's like they want to be solidified. They want to buy a house and like live their lives there the entire time. And that's not the way the business is. And unfortunately, yeah. you know, one of the part of the reasons where the Wings rebuild took a while was there were some real long-term just bad contracts for some players that no trade clauses and everything else and they just couldn't move them. And, right. and that was the problem. So, but a lot of that, that's become more the norm on top right. of what you're saying to, to complement what you're saying. It's become the norm. Yeah. So, and it's, so that is part of it. They're, they're taking a risk in New Jersey. They're going, okay, Hey, we'll give you this yeah. now. And instead of us waiting a couple of years, maybe you leave or you want more. That's what they're kind of doing. And it could be a big, let's say, look, he's a, he's got, he's a great young player. I mean, it's, but it's, I was, I was even alluding to the part like, Hey, geez, you know, like, I mean, it's just handed out. So if you're an owner or a GM, I'm sure that's what you have to deal with right now and deal with the agents that are telling that same story. And, mm-hmm. and this is what we're getting and it's going to deplete. I mean, you're going to be able to build a team that you, if you look at Edmonton, how are they deep enough? Did they get enough scoring? You know, if McDavid and drives out are shut down, if you shut down a group of guys, what do you got? What's happening? And you know, they're win, they win and then they lose the number. And by, by the way, Dave Tippett for me, Dave Tippett's, uh, he's a great. I mean, he's a he's a great coach to be out there and to solidify yep. them defensively. But uh, they're all going to be under the gun as time moves on. If they don't, this is a big year for them. They got to get through a number of series and at least go a long way. But it'd be a shame. The NHL needs it as well too to see the superstar player uh, just carry this and the entertainment value that comes with watching a player like that. Just like when they played Edmonton and Pittsburgh played the other night to watch Crosby and, and McDavid both. It's uh, obviously worth the price of admission today. Right. Well, let's let's hope uh, good things come for the Penguins. I I definitely like to see McDavid, uh, you know, do that for sure and get get you know. It's you see Nathan McKinnon, uh, Connor McDavid. Uh, yeah. These are these are two players that you know leap to mind as guys that I I want to see you know raising the cup. Right. But it's it, it's 
it ain't that easy. And you know that you've been there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think, I think that I, I got to tell you, when you talk about McKinnon too, I think out there, I think they got a great, there's a team, maybe the moves off season different. I mean, the goaltending's different, but they have a real good shot coming out of the West. And again, here's another player. Yeah. You're going to watch him, but the group of guys, the forward line, the some of the forwards they had there are out saying, so that'll be a tough one in the West. That's going to be interesting to see who comes out of the West now with back to normal, normal alignments and, and who can do it? Is it Edmonton? Is it Colorado? Is it Vegas? Vegas has changed a lot. So I agree. It's the guys you want to see, and the league will be happy to have it happen. Did you happen to see the uh, the Trevor Zegras uh, Michigan pass goal? <laughs> yeah, I did. I think his reaction – I think his reaction was priceless too, right, guys? I mean, um, I don't know if anybody – I know that was good. Very was good great. Jay. Yeah, uh, that was a great play. And, again, I, I know all the – Great players can whatever they could do. I don't remember many players, especially young players, uh, back in. I can't imagine doing that to Detroit. I think Bob <laughs> Robert or Joey Kosher would be tracking you down pretty soon. It would have been quick. They wouldn't have waited. They might not have waited. You wouldn't have even got to the bench. I truly believe that. So, <laughs> right. A different era, a different time, yep. but uh, unbelievably skilled. The young players are so skilled today that I don't. I don't remember in our era thinking. You know, guys didn't do too many things like that. I mean, they all probably could work. I'm not saying they couldn't do it. I'm just saying we just didn't do it. You know, you got young kids practicing that play right now. So it's entertainment, and yeah. that's what the game is built on. But I'm still going to stay with my story, though, Jason. You said you know it. I don't think you did too many things that disrespected the Detroit Red Wings through a certain era. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's, just, it's one of those things where it's just – you know, the game's on right now. They're losing to St. Louis right now, but I, I, I never miss a game. Uh, and and uh, to me, this is just, you know, it's, it's, it's in my DNA, although skating is not, unfortunately. So, <laughs> well, 6-7 is tough. It's tough. You're very yeah. tough. But well, I it's it. hard for me to – once I get going, it's hard for me to stop. That's number one. <laughs> and, 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 unless there's somebody or the board's in front of me. And going backwards, as I told Emerson Edom, uh, I have no idea what I'm doing. So those are two things that I need to work on. <laughs> it can, it Jay, can happen. It can happen. We don't want to keep you all night. We really appreciate you doing this. Uh, this Absolutely. Really awesome. You know, we love, uh, love your stuff in between the, the periods and the pregame show. I don't miss it. Uh, I, Thank you. You know, the Penguins fans I know are going to love to listen to this podcast. Uh, you know, if for, to our listeners, you got it. You got to check out Jay doing his telestrations. They're they're worth the. They are worth the price of mission, especially if you're a a goal scoring nut. Then you just love uh, love to see how it happens, and you really bring that home for everybody. Thank and you. Uh, we appreciate all your experience, and and uh, especially playing with Mario Lemieux, winning two cups yourself. You've got the rings to show it, so you've been there. Uh, we will definitely say hello to Pat Brisson for you. And uh, Please do. I'm sure you'll run into him too. He, he gets out to Pittsburgh a lot. He does. He does. But it's great. And I think coming for you would be very entertaining because we both, we both experienced making a movie. So we know what that's about. And he's a great. <laughs> so please, please say hi. And guys, Jason and Jay both, it was a pleasure to be on with you tonight. Enjoyed it. And say, right. hi to, say hi to your son for us too, if you don't mind. It's <laughs> so funny. I, will. I read this. I read a whole article about it. It's hilarious. Oh, it's unbelievable. No, no, no. I, I truly, Jay, no problem. Seriously, no problem. I, I've had it. I've had it been asked so many times about it. Uh, as long as my daughter's, my daughter's like, hey, what's going, what's that about? And I go, no problem. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Have you ever heard of 23 and Me? Well, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, listen, I tell you, boys, seriously, it was a it was a pleasure talking to you, and I thank, thank you, you very same much here. for having me on. 
All right, Jay, take care. Have a great night. All right, take care, guys. See you soon. Bye now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Dr. Hockey. Check out new episodes every Thursday and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or at podcastone.com.